Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 636. Science Faction, the modern version of the oldest pandemic, and... What happens when your mentor is the evil one? I think, Bobby, you and I followed the traditional American tale of young boy meets martial arts master and eventually has to defeat evil martial arts master. I mean, like, I think it's a pretty, yes. it's an archetype. Uh, I mean, it's, it's almost the uh, American trope. It's almost expected from a yes. story. Yes. When I came in to that dojo next to the McDonald's in that strip mall <laughs> wielding a sharpened samurai sword to finish off the business I had as a 14 year old. Everybody already knew what I was going to do. They're like, Oh, this again. <laughs> God damn it. This guy killed our last sensei. All right. You know what? Let's just get this. Up. One of these days, each one of these students will take me down. And I know that, but that's just, that's just part of the cycle, the cycle of life. For God's sakes, this is a Tai Chi gym. <laughs> it's, not, it's supposed to be meditative martial arts. <laughs> There are senior citizens in here working through arthritis. Oh, and speaking of the senior citizen of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is my comedian, none other than the barely able to vote citizen, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm barely able to vote because I haven't technically been convicted of the felony yet. The uh, judgment <laughs> is coming up next week. So, yeah, this is my last week able to vote, baby. Ow! <laughs> Oh really? What you get? Your, what was your felony? Well, you've heard of felony murder, right? Oh yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, well, uh, I got felony shitting. Yeah, that's, uh, so felony murder—that's when somebody dies while you're committing a felony, but you you didn't kill them, but you were like a bank robber, and you're a fellow bank robber got shot by a guard. If he dies, that's felony murder on you because you were committing a felony and somebody got killed during the process, and that was a force. I, I, mine is similar, but if somebody else shits in public. Right before you were about to shit and put that's felony shitting. No, that how dare you? First off, just because I would be, I, I would certainly be incarcerated and broadcasting from prison in your in your <laughs> sick tyrannical world. I okay, picture okay if you if you and another co-conspirator get together to illegally shit somewhere, and <laughs> yeah, a bunch and the of, second guy gets caught. I caught some kids shitting under the bleachers. God damn it. And in the in the process of arresting the second guy, the officer got shit on him, right? Then you are guilty of felony shitting. This is this is I don't want to live in your police state, Bobby. But in my <laughs> in my world, I was convicted because like people just kept coming home and like uh, they'd be like, I don't remember leaving the bathroom light on and opening up the door. I just see me <laughs> occupying their bathroom, and they call the police. All right, Damien, this is the fourth time this week. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> It's felony shitting with, with a misdemeanor piss. <laughs> you, you show me a human being who can sit down in the toilet and shit and not piss without having fit, rigged the game beforehand by pissing before they sat down. And even then, I challenge them to not let a drop come out. Your Honor, I rest my case. And no, I don't need a public defender. 
And if you need a public defender, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy on Patreon where you'll find an extra episode of Science Faction every single week, a public defender, and as of last night, I guess we take 100% of our Patreons who request it when they come into town out for drinks in San Diego when they're visiting. That is right. Last night, you and I met superfan Dwayne. He actually gave us some, uh, he's already sent us a ton of really cool shirts. Yeah. We haven't mentioned him in a bit, but those longtime fans will know that the unofficial mascot of our show is the dick-nosed Saiga deer. And although I think dick-nose, in, when you look at it on, on the internet, I think it's silent. I think it's pronounced silently. Yes. It's just, yeah. it's just Saiga. And, and he actually, and, and because he's a fan of the show, uh, he asked the artist, he said last night, to make the nose even more phallic. And let me just say, Joe Camel would be like, man, I wish my face looked like a dick uh, after seeing this. It's, it's really well done. Thank you, Dwayne. Oh, dear. And if you're like, hey, wait, you guys just randomly went out to drinks with a fan you'd never met before? What if he was like a serial killer? Then you would have been mimicking the exact same question that my wife asked. Like, as I was walking out the door, too, it wasn't a prep question hours beforehand. She's just like, what if he was a serial killer? You're just going to go out to drinks? And I paused, and I looked up, and I went, yeah, I think we're fine. I I approach every outing like a Highlander does. I've lived a long life. I hope that this person is skilled enough to defeat me. I'm not going to pull my punches, but I wish him the best. And I hope that he could end my curse of, of walking life. Yeah, I mean, I, just, between the two of us, Damien and I are like 500 pounds and 12 feet something tall. Like, we're fine. We'll be fine. Yeah, but I mean, he says that, but we're both actually like 5'5", uh, five, five, but we're like those uh, tw- yes. those twins in the Guinness Book of World Records who are on minibikes. Uh, yes. We're both just very girthy dudes. Except ours are hoverboards and we look way <laughs> lamer. <laughs> Very slow-moving hoverboards. Uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, our, our, our super fan Dwayne came in from uh, from New Zealand. Uh, we learned a lot about from New Zealand this night. Last night, it's a very fun thing. He gave us some Vegemite, to which Bobby and I will put on a piece of bread uh, and yes. try on air, uh, during a recording yes. at a later date. So you can hear an American's reaction to eating uh, uh, southern equator feces, or I don't know what you call it. I think they call it Vegemite. I don't know what. <laughs> it's like fertilizer? It's a fertilizer product. I know. I think it's what happens when you're done with like sewage treatment. I'm not sure, but it's it's like fucking horrible. But regardless, it'll be funny for us to try it. Vegemite, I mean, honestly, sounds like uh, like an Australian's words for the uh, uh, Christian uh, cartoon, The Veggie Tales. It's Vegemite. Get your road up. And by the way, Dwayne uh, uh, was sure to shit on my New Zealand accent. So it's good to know that uh, that one's not Russian. He said it was too Australian, and then uh, we didn't have the wherewithal to ask the question, isn't that the same place? Isn't that, <laughs> aren't you a state in Australia? Yeah, I was, t- I was ready to take notes. Uh, he was going to correct me on my world geography. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Well, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is science articles. All right, article number one, RSV, the flu, and the modern version of the oldest pandemic. By the way, guys, if you could really, uh, yeah, we'll get to that, Bobby. But if we have any fans out here who'd like to meet us, have a drink with us, I would love it. Because if these messages could become regular, um, it will help me, uh, how you say, cheat on my wife. Uh, So, like, (laughs) like if I'm like, oh, babe, I'm going to meet a fan, you know, it happens like three times a week. But I'm actually blowing it up on Tinder. Um, yeah. And by the way, I like it's, you know, I have published this. This episode will have been published. I, I tried to tell my wife, but she just doesn't listen to the podcast. So what can I do? 
What can I do? What, talk to her in real life? That's ridiculous. All you can do is open up that Tinder profile named not Damien. <laughs> Clever, by the way. It's, what if it's like me wearing like one of those Groucho Marx mustaches and everything? <laughs> Standing in front of a science faction sign. So very, very cool article. So we're covering actually multiple RSV flu stories in this one kind of story, because there's a bunch of stories that are about this right now that are all kind of coming out this week at the same time. So first, let's talk about RSV, which is respiratory synctial virus. Damien, do you know anything about it? No, I, people have been saying RSV and I've, I've been trying to fill in the acronym in my head and I thought yeah. like, hey, you know, I've been an EMT, I've worked in, I've worked in hospitals, I've worked in doctor's offices briefly and then and I've also worked in like nursing homes. I think I got this. And then what you just told me, I was so far off. I just, I need to go reevaluate everything. It wasn't really sore vagina. Man. <laughs> oh man. I've given so much terrible advice. Bobby, I'm going to be texting this whole, this whole episode. I gotta, I gotta have to legally put out some disclaimers. Uh, dear. So what's going on right now? Right now, we are having massive outbreaks of both RSV and the flu that are hitting so hard, they are causing huge waves of hospitalizations. In fact, Damien, you and I are at one of the epicenters of this here in San Diego. Uh, there was two. There's like San Diego and like uh, on the East Coast of the Carolinas, there were two like huge high schools where 50% of the students couldn't go to school because they were all sick with either the flu or RSV. And it was so bad that they had to stay home. Like literally half the school of these, you know, many thousands of kids schools was home. And that happened to be the high school in my neighborhood. And it happened to happen right after I got what I believe was probably RSV. We tested like crazy for COVID and it wasn't COVID and we got, it kicked the shit out of us. And apparently it's kicking the shit out of a lot of people. Cause not only do we have entire high schools not showing up for school on certain days, but that's just a cool high school, Bobby. You wouldn't understand, but that's, <laughs> That's just what an awesome high school does. Damien, guess what we as San Diegans have gone back to in the last uh, three to four weeks? Abstinence only education. <laughs> Close. Tents in hospital parking lots. Yes, we are once again filling up hospitals so much, this time not with COVID, but with RSV and the flu, that we literally have tents out in parking lots to take all these uh, new infections and admitting in. It is really fucking people up. As somebody who had what I believe is what's going around right now a few weeks ago, it fucked me up. It fucked me up so bad that our family, fucked the whole family up, could not believe it was not COVID. We all got like a, a dozen at-home tests and, and each one of us got two PCR tests and it was not COVID. And it fucked us up and then it fucked up our entire neighborhood and now apparently it's fucking up the nation and, and everybody else as well. Huh. I mean, I I, I um, I know San Diego uh, had had a lot of COVID deaths. Uh, my wife works at a hospital, so she yep. she looks at statistics and everything. But it's usually in like the southern parts of San Diego that are closer mm -hmm. to the border. And it, and 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 actually, uh, yep. you know, most of the people I know from Mexico are took COVID way more seriously than people yep. from America because they actually lost people. Um, yeah. Who lived. In, but however, a lot of those people live in like service jobs or work at service jobs and jobs where yeah. they're just more uh, able to catch viruses left and right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the fact that you're saying that it's in your lily white cookie cutter ticky tack neighborhood uh, tells me that uh, I don't know. What's the factor? I live in like one of the most diverse neighborhoods in San Diego, but fair enough. Um, what's interesting here is what we think is going on is these aren't like especially bad RSVs or flus or anything. We think this is basically a 
leftover result of COVID. We have been away from these infections for so many years that our immune system is basically trying to catch back up. And for those kids who missed out on catching this for the first time at like two or three, it could be a really big deal to catch it much later in life. Now, I was lucky my son did, you know, pre-COVID, he went through the RSV thing. In fact, RSV was so bad for him, we had to take him to the ER when he got it to get like steroids so he could breathe and stuff. It, it can be quite scary. But if you've seen his bench press right right now oh, as a huge. child, that's scary. Because like yeah. I'm I'm I like he he just took out his toys before dinner. I told him to put it away, and he shot me a look. And I I don't want I didn't want to fuck with him. I just pretended I didn't he, that uh, it was a miscommunication. Yeah, if you think that's bad, you should see the back knee that kid's got going on. I swear <laughs> to God, Bruce he looks is... like Bob Sapp in Japan. I saw him last night. I I I I really thought that you had shrunk down like a bodybuilder or something. It was. <laughs> Yeah, so what's going on is there are all these kids who did not catch it when they were supposed to. Now they're getting it later. It's having a bigger effect like other things do, like chicken pox and stuff. And then there have other people like you and I who definitely caught it when we were younger but haven't been exposed to it in a long time. And what's interesting is this is kind of how our immune system works. Most of the time your immune system works, it's not fighting off an infection like the person next to you has COVID or something. Most of the time you're walking in a big area and you whiff up, you know, a couple of molecules of this, you know, virus or of a bacteria or something like that. A very small amount that will probably never be able to infect you. It just wouldn't. But your immune system sees it and gets a chance to react and fuck it up and, and all that stuff. And it keeps your immune system in shape. It is immune system training. And we've all spent the last two years pretty much not passing by people, not taking in little whiffs of their shit, not being able to have immune training, the immune boot camp to fight this stuff off. And so basically we're seeing a normal RSV and flu go around that is fucking putting people in the hospital like crazy. We have 10 cities back in San Diego hospitals again. You know, it makes sense. You know, like you're saying, I'm not going out and like breathing in all these, uh, you know, things on the side of the road on the walk. You know, I yeah. remembered like before COVID, I would regularly just get uh, like levitate and just follow like a scent line, like from a cartoon, like for yes. a mile until I arrived at somebody's barbecue. And I, I can think like of how my immune system benefited from that cartoon like depiction of mm -hmm. uh, being attracted to food. I, I had that problem so often that I started putting on weight because I wasn't walking anywhere anymore. I was just like, I, you know, I'd smell something, <laughs> hover, start going that way, and all of a sudden my cardio shot, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing where, like, uh, your, your body takes you to food and you think, like, wow, you know, I traveled three miles to get to this barbecue, but I haven't burned a goddamn calorie. I've just been in right. some sort of uh, blissful, orgasmic food state while floating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it. It really does catch up with you in the end. It's one of the leading contributors to type two diabetes as well. <laughs> I love though that you and I both abide by traffic laws. Like even though we're in this state, we'll stop at a red light. Wait yes, for, of course. Wait for, wait for the animals. proper time to cross. So why is this happening now and not like last year or something? We are coming out of our houses. We are interacting at much bigger levels. And last year we saw basically the remains of a flu die off the the flu had such a bad last two years this is its comeback like this is this is the flu saying like you know i never left don't call it a comeback but we know they did like they this is the flu's resurgence and between that and rsv also still making that and frankly you know last year around this time you still saw a lot more people with masks on etc you don't so 
we are going to get our ass kicked by this a little bit this year. This is something I'm going to advise you to do. It's something that those of you guys who've been listening since pre-COVID know that I advise every single year. In fact, I beat this drum to death. Go get your fucking flu shot. Get it right now. If you can hear this and think, hey, that's kind of a good idea. Maybe I should schedule it. Don't think about scheduling it. Just go get it right now. Go to the local drugstore. CVS has it. Walgreens has it. You don't need a fucking appointment. Walk in there. Get your flu shot. Not only are you going to keep yourself, you know, depending on your coverage, hopefully keep yourself from becoming one of these people who ends up in a fucking tent hospital in the parking lot of a real hospital. But on top of that, remember, if you get sick, you're going to pass it on to other people. And somewhere down the stream, there will be deaths from that. The flu is lethal enough. We know as a matter of fact, you catching that, passing it on to other people will result in the death of other people. You have some level of guilt, some level of responsibility for that. And if you have the they ability to have some to level of responsibility, not... but zero level of guilt. Let me assure you. <laughs> no, well, they have a level of guilt whether they feel it or not. They have okay. an attribution of guilt. So, you know, go out, get that shot. If it saves you, like even if you do get the flu and it makes you 10% less sick, think how bad the flu was the last time you got it. Think how much you would have done anything to feel 10% better at your worst. Uh, I know that we're done with this article now, but you said come back three times a little bit. And it just uh, I thought you were doing like a shout out to my unofficial army call sign in the barracks. We're not actually done. We're still covering some of the articles on this. Okay, well then I'm going to go back to my uh, my uh, wonderful memories of com of uh, private comeback. So. <laughs> Nothing private about that guy. <laughs> One of the thoughts too is that these surges in both RSV and the flu might be causing another major medical supply problem right now. Damien, are you aware that worldwide we have a massive shortage of the antibiotic amoxicillin? Uh, I, I am not. I know that we have a lot of problems with antibiotics as far as they're not as profitable as other drugs. Yeah. So like companies yes. don't like produce them at high levels right. or research new ones. But right. no, I did yes. not know amoxicillin was a shortage right now. Yeah, we're, we are. And it's it's actually kind of what you just mentioned. Those things that do not cost a lot to make. It's not like drug companies are going to keep huge overstocks of that. So if there's an unusual demand, it'll eat up the supply and they don't make a lot of money on antibiotics. And so that has gotten eaten up. And one of the ideas is the reason it's being eaten up is the misprescription, because both RSV and the flu are viruses. Antibiotics can't help them. The misprescription of antibiotics for people who are suffering this these RSV and flu outbreaks. I mean, to some extent, you know, sometimes there's coincidental bacterial infections that come with them and that kind of stuff. So, so it might not be all misprescriptions, but a lot of times people are sick and, you know, doctors are trying to help and maybe they don't have that test back. It takes a while for the test to come back that says it's RSV or flu. And if they think it might be a bacterial infection, they might just start amoxicillin. And, in the, and that might be the reason that worldwide we now have a shortage of amoxicillin that the pharma companies are trying to ramp up their production to get back out, but it is already becoming a problem to get normal levels of this very very, very standard antibiotic into hospitals and into people because there just isn't enough on the shelves right now. Maybe we should give the pharmaceutical companies bigger corporate subsidies. What could we do to clearly they are having a hard time of it and don't have enough power in the marketplace? I mean, honestly, I think the U.S. government should buy out 
patents uh, for pharmaceuticals. I think the U.S. government should have its own version of a nonprofit pharmaceutical company where they pay for people's college so they can go become biomedical researchers, and then they pay them a very good salary to find shit out, and then they make that all public domain. You're saying you're saying shit that gets me hard. I now I want you to say I want to nationalize the oil companies. Say that. I need you to say that so I can finish. The oil companies. Nationalize them. Just say it. I'm on. Dude, they have literally lied to like uh, there. Chevron put out a PowerPoint that that uh, Chevron put out a PowerPoint uh, on how to address global warming as a topic. They've known and willingly lied to American the American yes. people. And, co- and yes. so there is a case. But you're is- at, no, I'm not. My my just so you know, my my issue is that with whether or not uh, I'll be hurting the feelings of the oil companies. I was actually trying to do the cost benefit analysis of whether that would mean we utilize more oil because it then would not be there would not be that profit tax on it, which means it would probably be cheaper, which means that more people might use it. And in that case, I'd rather corporations keep making money and we burn less fossil fuels. That's, I mean, because first off, if we nationalize, that would actually allow us a a window to transition off of it. Because as oil companies currently exist, I do not see a way that we will ever meet climate change. They, 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 I mean, for God's sakes, the, the, the World Climate Change Summit, only two years ago, did they finally allow... The nations of the world, the states of the world, did the super powerful petrol co- chemical companies allow them to use the word climate change? They're just too far invested. You know, they're 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 gods. They're money gods. And uh, unless you nas- do something radical like nationalize it, we, there is no path forward that involves uh, reducing. Well, sure there is. So right now, the path forward is kicking their ass right now. Right now, the path is that electric cars are way fucking better than gasoline powered cars and they are being phased out every day every day there's less gasoline powered cars on the road there's that, more electric that, cars that, on the road. that addresses cars that does not address the actual company's influence in washington and why and why they and why a transition away from those things is not going to be done in the time frame needed that i mean we okay we you and i can start a political podcast bobby fair enough um but like, for, but stop simping for the oil companies, Bobby. No, I, my my hesitation for your nationalization was me trying to do some internal calculus about whether that would lead to uh, uh, more burning of fossil fuels or less. I could forward you literature. If it's less burning, I am on board with you. If it's more burning, I would rather people make. I'd rather big companies make tons of profit and we burn less fossil fuels. So whichever one works out that way, that that's what I'm for. But anyway. You didn't actually say it, so I couldn't finish, Bobby. FYI, thanks. Uh, I'm going to be here with uh, Blue Balls the rest of this fucking podcast, you piece of shit. So this is an important part of the pandemic that many people don't appreciate. And sure, COVID infections kill people. We obviously know that. And related shortages kill people. The shortage of things like food or, or health care, we, we know that. And increased alcohol and drug use during the lockdowns kill people. We High five, know brother. that. But, but also, big waves of previously existing diseases sweep in and kill us, too, which is another number for the wider death toll. Like, this is part of the COVID pandemic. If we're getting RSV infections that are, you know, 15% on average, and that's just a random number, more fatal because of this, then that counts as part of those totals as well. Just because it's not a COVID infection, you wouldn't count it as a COVID death, but as a death as a result of the pandemic. This is just another one of those things, no different necessarily than, you know, those addiction deaths and overdoses that we saw. Sounds like you weren't drinking or doing more drugs during the pandemic. So I'm wondering, like, what you spent the time doing, being a dad or something Working. else stupid. I, I worked like 80 hours a week the entire fucking pandemic. And you didn't give yourself any time for drugs and alcohol? 
Bobby, <laughs> seating. So, Article Two: The Matthew Schrag Alzheimer's fraud case has gotten even deeper. <laughs> Well, Bobby, as you know, we've been keeping people up minute to minute on the Matthew Schrag Alzheimer's case. So here's the, I'm going to cut straight to Robert Timothy with with an update. Well, we did cover this. We talked a little bit about this case. This is like one of those really, really hard things to talk about if you are a science educator, because this is about fraud and this is not like a minor fraud this is a major thing and it's a major thing that may have completely derailed the the course of alzheimer's research for the past 20 years so we covered the beginning of this a while ago this is uh when a guy who was basically he's a he's a good biomedical researcher but his specialty is you know these type of western ink blot tests which is how we can tell which proteins are in something and he got really good at telling when they were legit or fake and he went around and and started finding a bunch of fake ones and a bunch of Alzheimer's research and went back so far and found them in some very seminal works, including a 2006 paper, which basically set the stage for the last 15 some odd years of Alzheimer's research. And, and that set the idea of the amyloid beta hypothesis that these amyloid beta plaques are the ones that are causing Alzheimer's and blah, 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 blah. Now that might be completely wrong. It looks like that research was faked. Again, not a mistake, not a not an error, faked fraud. And now, when you say seminal, you're referring to a study out of Florida State, correct? That's their mascot, yes. the Seminoles. I could have said seminal. <laughs> yes, uh, not because of that, but because it describes um, uh, the main component of the sheets of most of the young people going to Florida State. <laughs> oh my God, somebody bought uh, messed up these ink blot tests on these semen cum uh, sheets. <laughs> Everybody's getting laid here. God damn it. I wish I went to school here and not BYU. Oh, man. Oh, dear. Um, so he he busted that major paper. That was a really, really, really big deal. And basically what's going on is he is going back into you know all of all of these research he's now being like recruited okay let's go figure out all the all the dirt that's under this let's find you know 20 years of secrets and figure out what's wrong and then restart our alzheimer's research and he found out that his own mentor uh, a doctor oh, a guy no. named dr garibi he found fraud in his work and now it's really, really weird because including papers that, you know, this guy was published on when he was an undergraduate, you know, he was like a 19 year old. He's working with his mentor. They publish a paper together. And then, you know, 15 years later, this guy who's now an expert fraud investigator realizes the exact paper his name is published on is fraud. The call's coming from inside the house. This is, yes. this is, this is the lab this, from inside the lab. This is rife for a movie if you want to make science Dude. Uh, uh accessible to the public this story has drama a turn like it's everything yeah yeah but you got to do one of those things where you compile two characters to make it more interesting like you take matthew shrag but you mix him with dog the bounty hunter and then you you tell the life story <laughs> of both of them intertwined <laughs> and it's still played by dog the bounty hunter Surprisingly, yeah. no, you yeah, actually just... can't say the N word here, dog. This is a movie. <laughs> I know you keep trying to ad lib on the script. Just read the words as is, please. I'm allowed to say it. No, you're not, dog. 
I mean, this is crazy to me. I it just, you know, especially in science, when you go through academia and all this stuff, those mentors are people that are like almost demigods at that point. The fact that they're, you know, a, a, a professor, a, a full professor at a university and they've been teaching for so long and publishing, you know, they, they just have this otherworldly nature and to come full circle and find out that you were part of the fraud, that you were the one, you discover this series of fraud and then going back and finding out that you were actually a part of it when you were an undergrad and the person who was your mentor, you know, perpetrated some of this. Like this just, this is such a crazy story. Um, it's a really sad one because the underlying all of this is the fact that, you know, Alzheimer's one of the leading causes of death in the United States. I think it's the sixth leading cause. You, tens of thousands of people die every single year. They suffer horribly. And we might've been able to alleviate some of that suffering, if not a cure, at least some kind of treatment, something better than what we would have had if we hadn't been derailed by these frauds so long ago. And so while it's like an interesting mystery novel, almost, it's almost like a murder mystery with like tens of thousands of victims. So devastating. But the only reason we're finding out about this, I assume, is because um, Mr. Shrag won the katana battle with his sensei. If his that's sensei right. had won, we would never know. No, right? that's, that, that's lab rules. If you commit <laughs> fraud, but you win the kumite afterwards, nobody ever gets to find out. You see, I'd also thought it could have gone another way. You know how like he could have Ned Starked himself by coming out to a sensei and saying, I'll give you a chance to retract the paper. And then all the next thing you know, Matt Shrag is uh, disemboweled at a, at a science hearing uh, for speaking out against the king. Yeah, like I've had a few mentors in my career and I think back on them and I think about like what would happen if I, you know, found out they were committing fraud or something like that and I had to expose them. And to be honest, one of them would not be surprising at all. But that's just because he was like a the weird far end of the normal distribution curve, insane person uh, who happened to have like a PhD. And so he got to live his life the way he wanted. He was a guy who only dressed in authentic 1880s cowboy garb. He carried a single shot revolver with him everywhere, including into federal meetings. I saw him shoot it at people to quote unquote, give a warning on multiple occasions. I saw him shoot it at the border patrol one time. Oh yeah. Only rode a motorcycle his entire life. Never even didn't even own a car. Just rode a motorcycle everywhere. He went, had shoulder length care and played in a country band. And once gave me a call when I was like 21 at two in the morning, he's like, Hey Bobby, how many attractive topless girls can you get over here? We're filming a music video. And I was like, uh, just keep being crazy on your own. You didn't shoot that call over to me. I have a stable, basically, of topless of women who are just top. Yeah, bras hurt, and they just and they they believe in being free. He also convinced me to get up in a powered paraglider, which is just basically a parachute with a lawnmower on your back, and fly around looking at archaeology sites. He was crazy. If he did some fraud, and I found out that would be expected. But there are certainly some other people, mentors I have, where fuck, if I found out they did something like that, that would be devastating. I think that would ruin like my perception of the field. But regardless, very, very interesting. We'll keep you updated if any more news breaks on this. All right. Thank you, audience, for coming back for Science Faction 636, where you learned all about the modern version of the oldest pandemic and how sometimes you have to kill your heroes. Thank you so much for joining us and come on back next week for Science Faction 637. Bobby, I really can't sympathize with your story about a mentor. The only thing I have a mentor in is comedy science podcasting. And the guy who's showing me all the ropes assures me that this I called BS thing is completely straight and on the level. 
I mean, if I found out years from now that there was, he was improving rules on the fly, or that I got the Hitler score so many times because of foul play, well, <laughs> I'd have to have a katana battle with that man. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right. 